When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 81 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Digital Federal Credit Union, better known as DCU. And so far this year, DCU has donated to 119 food banks and pantries with total donations of over $2.1 million dollars. Their commitment to the community doesn't stop at feeding the hungry. They have passionately supported numerous school programs, hospitals, veterans organizations, and other worthy causes that are doing their part to help individuals and families in need. Veterans organizations provide important and ongoing support to the brave men and women who have served our country. And recognizing the special sacrifices that both veterans and their families have made, DCU's goal is to honor and support our military heroes by continuing to fund new opportunities in the areas of health, employment, and housing through partnerships with local, regional, and national organizations. Giving back is central to what they do, and I know this because I've been working with DCU for decades. I've seen their commitment to our men and women who have served in our armed forces, and I am honored to have them as a sponsor of the podcast. Just a quick reminder about MistressCarry.com and the online store. Mistress Carrie merch is in stock and ready to ship for the holidays. T-shirts, hoodies, beanies, anything you can think of, it's there. So log on to MistressCarry.com and click shop. Okay, this week's podcast episode is something pretty special. My guest this week is Leslie Mandoki. He's a Hungarian singer, drummer, songwriter, and producer. And he's worked with people like Lionel Richie, Phil Collins, and Shaka Khan. He's also known as the musical director for Disney feature movies like Mulan, Tarzan, and Brother Bear. And Leslie Mandoki lives by the motto, live your dreams and don't dream your life. And that's pretty good advice coming from a guy that has lived the life he has. Leslie Mandoki ran through a tunnel to escape the Iron Curtain and the communist dictatorship in Hungary. And he did it with his lifelong friend and artist, Gabor Supo, who later became the creator of Rugrats, Monster and Duckman, and the original animator for The Simpsons. In this episode of the podcast, Leslie Mandoki will tell you what it was like to escape the Iron Curtain. He'll talk about the CIA operative from the United States that asked him a very important question that was total foreshadowing for the life that he would have now. And the band he would start called the Mandoki Soulmates. Over the years, the band has included Ian Anderson, Jack Bruce, Steve Lukather, Shaka Khan, Chris Thompson, Eric Burden, Greg Lake... Peter Frampton, John Lord, and more. They just had their first American release called Utopia for Realists. And when I tell you that Leslie Mandoki is a perfect example of someone that is living the life they were born to live, I'm not kidding. He is a fascinating guy that exudes positivity, and he is a creative life force that we can all learn something from. Having the chance to sit down with Leslie and get to know him and hear about his childhood, 
his passion for music, and how he has teamed up with some of the greats in prog rock and jazz fusion. It's inspiring. And by the end of the episode, you'll understand why he owes me a drink. So allow me to introduce you to the one and only Leslie Mandoki. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to. You have the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Leslie. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Good morning, everyone. And thank you for having me. And hey, let's rock America. Um, I know it's not morning for you. Where are you exactly? I'm in my studio and uh, uh, you won't believe, but it's a morning for me because uh, I just had about a couple of hours ago lunch uh, and I'm still running in California time. So I, I had, had a little, just a little uh, uh, visit on my couch after the lunch. And so, so in somehow, some way, somehow, I show you now, this is my soulmate's uh, coffee mug uh, just for the morning. You well, see? good morning. Right. Cheers to you. And uh, we have the same kind of hair, just the color is a little different now. Yeah. <laughs> but your your studio is in Germany, correct? Yeah, here, look look around. This is, this is uh, Europe's largest studio complex, what you see here. Um, I'm Hungarian, but uh, uh, yes, uh, we are by, by the Lake Stomberg, uh, which is uh, nearby Munich is, um, and Alpine areas. It's uh, one of the most beautiful spots uh, uh, at all in Germany or actually whole Europe. Um, I know a lot of people, because of COVID, built their own studios. There is something nice about controlling your own workspace, right? That it's it's always clean. Everything's always where you left it. Instead of going into someone else's workspace where someone's always moving things. Uh, this is a, a lovely uh, way to look at it. But uh, this studio I was building 25 years ago is in about one and a half uh, miles away from uh, my home, so I can walk up to, uh, uh, and I just walk over. Uh, it takes about 10 minutes walk or uh, or 40 seconds drive. And when it's raining or snowing, then it's just, I take the 40 seconds drive. Um, <laughs> uh, but normally I'm, I'm just walking. And uh, But this is uh, a big, uh, this is uh, mainly your larger studio complex. So, so um, I'm, okay, I'm the boss, but I'm the owner. But nevertheless, uh, uh, this is the most beautiful a way to work on music that uh, that uh, even my drumsticks are remaining there where I left them, you know. So exactly. Um, so so leave up now to your uh, picture what you were just, uh, painting with your statement. Uh, here's really everything. So when when I plug in a wire, 
uh, and the cable is ever, exactly there where it's the uh, next day or the next week or even the next month. I was just for three weeks in the United States. I come home and everything is the right place. So it's wonderful. A lot of people had to make that adjustment because of COVID, of of getting used to working from home and kind of changing lifestyles. But there are musicians, like I spoke to Adrian Ballou, and he's had his own studio for a long time. So you've been living this kind of lifestyle of being really close to work, not having a commute for a long time. Other people, like myself, I just built my studio last year. So I'm getting used to the fact that the workspace is mine. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm wonderful. Uh, but in, in this case, um, we are all affected by COVID in many ways. And uh, as you know, um, and for sure, many guests was, uh, of yours was telling you that, that we're telling you that uh, how much we musicians are affected. But um, uh, from my very personal point of view, um, this is a time, uh, great challenges uh, is a magnifying glass uh, or what we're doing. It's a it's a kind of character test uh, of individuals and and for uh, families and for uh, groups and for companies and for nations and and for mankind uh, generally and um, this uh, test of character, but um, what, what it's all about uh, uh, this horrible virus and um, we all go through in some way somehow uh, in our professional life also in our personal life and. Um, I think that for us musicians is is the time to to rethink our position regarding our uh, audience. And I, my one is, um, I'm so thankful um, to the people that uh, for decades they were supporting us and and allowing us in their life with our music. So I'm I'm trying to light up the light at the end of the COVID tunnel, so shine as bright as uh, as I can, and uh, with all my soulmates and. Um, and to give back something. So the new album, Utopia for Realis, which is basically our very first American release, um, is about that, that uh, that we had a little bit more time due to the COVID, so we were not out on the road. Uh, so we were not playing concerts like we usually do. So we I had all the time here to focus, uh, to create for our audience something very special. And uh, and that's why it is a, a visual album one hand side, and a, a audio album what are the other hand side, and actually merging prog rock uh, with some little jazz rock flavors and, and and giving our audience something extraordinary, special, very personal. It's like a, a handwritten love letter and not a text message. And, and as you as a lady, I mean, if you would have the choice to choose, what would you like to uh, receive for a a nice gentleman. Oh, I'll take uh, the love letter every time. Okay, I saw you would. Uh, okay, so with, yeah. with the pink handwritten love letter, and this is what we did for our audience. So it's just a um, handcrafted, analog recorded. So we had the time and uh, the muse uh, to to do so, and um, and that's that's why we're very proud. And this is just a, a little bit uh, also um, something we would like to give back to our audience. Uh, with, for all this great uh, honorful privilege throughout the decades that uh, the love our audience was propelling our uh, creativity. So this is why we did in this way and why we created that way and uh, why we call it Utopia for Realists. Well, my husband's in the military and 
with modern technology, I have the ability to, you know, send text messages or whatever, but he always sends me handwritten letters and cards because he knows I love them so much. So you're absolutely right. Uh, okay, my wife is also choosing uh, the most romantic ways uh, uh, to get my love messages. So, and this is uh, with the ink uh, of handwritten love letters. So, uh, where, where is your uh, husband serving? Uh, right now, he's in the Middle East. So he's been okay. he's been gone for fifteen months now. Oh wow! This is a tough life, and uh, and he's serving um, for sure a very very good cause. Um, it takes a certain kind of tough, badass woman to be able to handle it. He's lucky he oh, got wow. one. <laughs> and um, uh, tell him uh, unknowingly that uh, that all the best and wish him really all the fortune and the luck of the world. Thank you. Um, I was I was so excited when I found out I was going to talk to you because your story. I mean, there's a reason why you call them your soulmates. Your story is so fascinating. For people that aren't familiar, do you mind going back and kind of telling your story about growing up and and kind of how you ended up the musician that you are? Oh, well, um, I was grown up, uh, born and grown up uh, behind the Iron Curtain. So now for all your listeners, um, probably you don't have an imagination part of that you were learning in the school and, uh, and, and learning some books about uh, how it was uh, in the communist time. So how it's torturing and, and censorship and, and the killing on the border when you, you would like to travel. I never had a passport, uh, so I never had a chance to, uh, in a school even you get told that you will never see America or Great Britain or anything like that. So um, and music was actually the ve- our weapon. Uh, uh, music was um, the soundtrack of freedom. Uh, especially uh, prog rock. And um, uh, decades later, when I was producing a, a huge rock show uh, for German TV, about 12 million people saw the show uh, called 50 Years of Rock. Then um, I was inviting Mihal Sergeyevich Gorbachev, the former president of the Soviet Union. And he was coming in the middle of the show on the stage and he said rock music was tearing down the Iron Curtain. <laughs> and uh, so rock music had a, a sp- very special meaning um, it was representing freedom. Um, so this is, uh, we were longing for freedom and, and uh, due to the fact that I never got a passport, uh, the only way was uh, uh, to, to escape through a tunnel. But uh, just, just page back a little, uh, uh, as I was 16, my father lost his fight against cancer and on uh, his deathbed, he said, um, son, um, please promise me that uh, my grandchildren, who I never gonna know, uh, uh, they're not gonna read any censored papers. And uh, then I said, Daddy, I mean, I can't promise you this because there is the Iron Curtain. And uh, my father was answering me, said, Okay, my son, but it's not for you. Uh, find your way and go and uh, dream your life and don't dream, um, uh, um, live your dreams and don't dream your life. So live your dreams and don't dream your life. And and uh, this was actually Utopia for Realists. Uh, what, what is the album title now? Um, and so it was uh, taking a little time because uh, I was 16 and I, I escaped as I was 22 and a half. Um, I became a, the leading rock voice of the uh, anti-communist uh, opposition uh, movement. Um, it's actually, it's a student movement. Uh, as it was in the mid of 70s. 
and uh, Gabor Chipu uh, and Laszlo Menke, a friend, a musician friend of mine, and Gabor is a cartoonist uh, um, and um, animator. So we escaped through a tunnel where uh, we could have killed. Uh, so this is, was a Hollywood movie, actually, as, as it was. And then um, we're after a hilarious, uh, dramatic, uh, uh, you know, crossing borders illegally. Uh, we got caught and, and touched on, arrested and touched on in, uh, in central refugee camp in Germany and uh, controlled by the CIA. And there was a very kind uh, resettlement officer. Uh, Maya came from Ohio. Um, and um, But his father was a Hungarian refugee, so he spoke Hungarian. Um, with American accent, and so, and I and I was asking for an asylum, political asylum, and he was having a kind of form. Um, everything obviously, uh, uh, seventy-five was analog, so handwritten in this case, and um, and in the last page, it was a question. Uh, he said, "Hey, boy, I really understand that you were trying to escape now, communism, and you you." came to freedom but what is your plan and then i said well my plan is simply i would like to play with ian anderson of jet total check bruce of freeman and ali mola of uh, written to forever and uh, and then um he said okay he was a music lover so he knew exactly that these folks were uh playing in stadiums back then and um he said, but, you know, Ian Anderson representing a British prog rock and Aldi Mola, American jazz rock. So, um, and I said, exactly this is the point, because I would like to merge, uh, melt together, fuse uh, the intellectuality and the lyrical, uh, poetical context, the complex uh, um, composition uh, Techn uh, technique uh, together with uh, the fabulous American virtuoso uh, sensational uh, um, soloistical um, flexibility and, uh, uh, and, and all this wonderful flavor of the jazz rock what, what uh, was created by Weather Report, uh, Brecker Brothers, uh, Return to Forever, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Miles Davis, and so on. And so here came the rock uh, uh, Prog rock uh, and jazz rock uh, fusion thing. So, uh, and that was already laid down at the refugee camp. And, and, and it took a little while until I could form the band. But uh, indeed, uh, you know, of Jet Total and Jeff Bruce of Cream and Aldi Mall, they were the fa founding members of the, uh, of the band about uh, over 30 years ago. Um, there's so much talk in this day and age about freedom and about refugees and crossing borders without a passport and illegally crossing borders. You have this amazing story and this experience of really being placed without a choice of growing up in a place. Like I've traveled to places like Afghanistan and Iraq as a journalist. And, and so I've seen what it's like for people to to just be born someplace. Like I, I realized how fortunate I was as a woman to be born when I was and where I was because I could have very easily been born a little girl in the mountains of Afghanistan and not have been given the opportunities that I have to have the life that I have. And it's such an inspirational story that um, as a young man, making this making this deal with your dad 
to to strive for something better and then to actually figure out how to do it. It is a Hollywood movie. It is a remarkable thing. And when you say to this guy from Ohio with his broken accent that, well, I'm going to play with Ian Anderson, I'm going to play. I'm sure there was a part of him that was like, okay, dude, sure. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. You know, uh, it was so funny because German uh, uh, television, the first channel made a documentary movie about my life. Um, uh, And, um, so they went to this, this refugee camp and they were uh, finding that file and uh, where it is written down from this uh, resettlement officer from the Ohio. And, and the German folks, they're, they're, they're handling the, the, this refugee camp now. They knew, of course, the story because they see me always on TV and, and you know, in the papers. So, so they sort of say, this is the famous guy we had had. Uh, uh, in a refugee camp, and he was crazy enough to say this. Uh, and so, so this is a, and in Germany, it's a kind of a, a known story uh, in, in the media. And, and maybe this is, shall be also the inspiration for everyone that, uh, that uh, what my father said on his deathbed, uh, let's uh, live our dreams and don't dream our life. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm, at the end of my concerts, uh, when, we are, when I'm staged and coming back for the last encore, I always say, Thank you, uh, thank you for allowing me into your life. And uh, but I would like to leave you here. Uh, I'm saying always on stage um, that you should not follow your destiny; you should create your destiny. And uh, this is the American dream, and uh, that's why I always say uh, why uh, the American nation is, is the leading nation in the world because this is this is actually the uh, the common sense of America um, to 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 having the chance like you had your chance and and uh, and America was the guarantee of the American flag um, what also your husband is carrying around the world was always f- for us who uh, had the unfortunate circumstance of our life that we were born and grown up uh, in, in, in a horrible system. Uh, uh, the torturing was a, was a self-explaining or censorship or uh, killing um, uh, along the bo- uh, Iron Curtain. So here for America always uh, being the dreamland uh, uh, because of those values, and uh, and I'm, I'm I'm very pleased, and I'm, I'm I feel myself privileged that I'm having the chance to talk to you, who who we see it from the American point of view, the same way as I saw it from, back then from the other side. Uh, that yes, it's a privilege to to be born in freedom, and I wish for everyone um, having that privilege uh, uh, to, to born and raised in freedom. But actually, I I, I was also doing and Gabo Chupo came to Hollywood, by the way, to, to, to make the story a little bit spicier. And he did what he was saying to this guy in Ohio, that he's not uh, want to do anything in Germany. He wants to go to Hollywood and and uh, and start with their own uh, um, creations in Hollywood. And he did. And the first one, you know, Simpsons. Yeah. And second one, you know, as well, it's Rugrats. Yeah. Hey, I think you guys have both done very well. Coming from running through a tunnel and escaping communism and ending up having the careers that you have, it's pretty remarkable. Thank you so much. I, but we, we did what we had to do. And uh, and um, thank you to guys like your husband. We had, to, had the, the, the room, uh, a pretty great room and, and, and on, on earth. 
uh, to to uh, to create, you know, and 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 to, to live up to the, our dreams. And, and it's a it's fun. an example, though, when you talk about you know my story of being fortunate enough to grow up in that freedom. There's a there's a certain there's a certain thing that you could become complacent and take it for granted that it will just always be there. And you're the kind of person that can also testify that it that it is fragile and something that always needs to be fought for and maintained because it can also be taken away really quickly. Absolutely. Uh, once I, I got an award uh, from the Bavarian prime minister, he said, uh, um, Leslie is, is here in Bavaria, became very famous in Germany um, with his work, and but he's testifying us every day. Uh, how fragile freedom uh, can be, and he was using a picture that uh, he has the fear that the uh, the kids uh, growing up now with social media and uh, and uh, as that freedom is something like like a tap folder, so self explainingly comes, um, um, and but it's not, it's absolutely not the case, and uh, freedom is extremely fragile, and um, and that's why we all who are not Americans. Uh, we should be Americans by heart, like me. Uh, look up to America, and because you guys are the uh, the flag holder, the torch, you you having the torch in the hand uh, of freedom, individual freedom, and 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 if you are agreeing of, of a couple of uh, basic elements of uh, of uh, mutual values uh, that we not allow a, a square millimeter or a square inch. Of racism and and we just really are uh, for absolutely uh, uh, um, equal uh, equality for women and and so a couple of really basic uh, uh, issues were so important uh, that we uh, are lot against racism and we and we are really uh, raising our voice for absolutely uh, uh, no um, any any. Uh, uh, dividing uh, uh, gaps between men and women when it comes down to, to professional life. Um, so this 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 is very uh, important that we, we see all these uh, how extremely fortunate we are, how privileged we are to to live in this life. So that's why we should give this torch all over the world uh, from one generation to the other. And especially in my generation, this is, uh, this is the album about Utopia for Realists. It's just that uh, it's about the generational uh, gap in some way, somehow. Because um, every uh, generation was trying to pass over a better world as he was getting from his parents. And, and maybe my generation is the first generation that, that was not executing this uh, generational justice in the way as we should. Because if you look around, uh, we see all the environment problems. We see also the social problems that uh, we are facing. So uh, the challenges are uh, so incredibly great. And this, this album is us at the end of 60s and the beginning of 70s, rock music, prog rock especially, uh, was carrying a, a certain message uh, to bridge over the, uh, all this uh, division in the society. Mm, this is our music. What is doing? This is the utopia for realists. That's why I have uh, uh, turned the wind and uh, old rebels and young rebels. And why those songs, old rebels and young rebels, say, for instance, just as an example, because um, from my point of view, these challenges are so extraordinary uh, um, 
great that uh, we will overcome these challenges only if older rebels, experienced rebels like me and the young rebels like you, uh, we, are, we are just trying to, to, to work together to overcome those challenges. Um, so we, we're not going to make it uh, uh, like earlier generations against each other. Uh, so we, we, we have to really do it together that, that we have a... Um, one day we can pass to our children and a, a better world uh, as it is right now. A bit, uh, uh, so a bit a greater social justice and, 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 and we protect our nature better. Music, I think, is a great unifier for, for people and, and rock music. Yeah. And, and I think rock music now more than ever, this comes up on the show all the time, that rock music has really become this genre of music that is so inclusionary right that we're the island of misfit toys we're all the weirdos and so we're so accepting because it's like well if you're if you're weird then you belong here in this in this place with all of these other rock musicians and it's it's kind of nice that maybe we are kind of setting the standard for acceptance and creativity and and bringing together people of different backgrounds under a unified cause. It's Absolutely. weird that rock musicians are doing that. Of course, this is respect and, and tolerance and, and uh, you know, uh, and trying to bridge over the, uh, the division of society because the pandemic is not our greatest challenge. Not at all. Uh, we can overcome pandemic. The, the greatest challenge is the division in a, uh, in a society. And uh, and we all know that we all feel that in our societies we have uh, a tremendous uh, challenging division. And uh, music is the greatest unifier, uh, as you say. And music only music can overcome because paintings and literature these are different. Uh, uh, you know they have much slower and and much more uh, intellectual. Uh, um, really, uh, really um, somehow they are. Um, executing their art in a, in a different sphere dialectically, but uh, rock music is very human. It's just as, as, as a kind of one-to-one. I, I always feel when, when I play for 10,000 people that I, I, I feel the heartbeat of every and each person. And, and, uh, and I'm, 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 I'm truly so thankful I'm, when I'm coming down from stage that they were allowing us in the life. It's such a privilege. And, and, uh, but it's also a great responsibility for us. Um, as a musician, so that's why uh, these songs uh, I wrote, um, like "Living in the Gap" and, and uh, about the social media, that that hey, guys, a friend is not who is just liking your duck photo, a puppy photo. Who is someone is is just going to have a beer with you when you just came from your doctor and he told you that that you got cancer. You know, so that, that, so we have to uh, just re- resettle our. Uh, uh, values. Um, who is a really a friend? Who is who is a tr- someone who's walking uh, with you when you walk alone? Um, so this is these these are the issues in life, the real uh, issues. Uh, and and uh, hobbies. So that's why um, also the the song. What now in, in the holiday times uh, is so important from this album, Utopia for Realists, is the torch. Uh, to talking about uh, from two generations, uh, uh, how 
how we were experiencing life and and how we would like to give this torch uh, not not in the, in the sense that we we are not responsible anymore but but uh, how we can uh, light up uh, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel together when i speak to musicians i'm always really curious about how you were introduced to music and your upbringing is so interesting because i would assume correct me if i'm wrong that access to certain kinds of music may have been difficult for you growing up where you were. So what was, how did you discover rock music and what was the soundtrack of your childhood? What, what music were you exposed to that made you inspired enough to become a musician yourself? Um, I'm very happy that you're asking me this question because uh, um, it's maybe the, giving you the chance to tell to your listeners uh, how it is to grow up in a country where very naturally you don't have any record shops. Um, and, and Western uh, American or British music is simply forbidden. So uh, I was very young. I was 16. And what I was listening illegally from, from mono uh, tape copies, it was American uh, jazz, actually. Uh, John Coltrane, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, and, and all of a sudden, I got a fourth-generation monotype copy of Jetrotas Aqualung. Um, and, hey, this changed my life. Uh, because this album has uh, so much to say. And I was just writing out, you know, the lyrics, and, 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 and I was playing uh, the drums to that uh, recording. Um, not even knew that a stereo must have two speakers. So I was just writing stereo on one speaker, uh, and and um, and you know this is. And by the way, just a laughter to, to your listener, uh, the tape machine I had was a Czech tape machine called Tesla, because <laughs> uh, because uh, Tesla is a, a Czech scientist. Uh, well, original. growing up working in radio, I am very well aware of who Nikola yeah, yeah. Tesla is. Absolutely. Okay, okay. It's not and, just uh, a car. It, yeah, he yeah. was an amazing guy, then a great band, and then a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, no, I'm very thank, uh, thank you so much. That I'm very thankful that you're saying this. Uh, so, um, so Elon Musk was not uh, uh, inventing that brand. <laughs> right, exactly. It was around a long time before. Yeah, it was a long time, and, and he did great things. So, um, and uh, this music so of Chetotal of Ian Anderson was uh, was a, a great influence, and and that's why I said before um, it was so wonderful to hear from Mihai Segovich Gorbachev that yes, uh, we were do, trying to do everything to kill rock, rock music because rock music was a soundtrack of freedom, and especially prog rock. Uh, uh, so that was and and uh, and it was so what a wonderful moment of life as um, we, we played a big show then the Maduki so much band at that time it was uh, um, Greg Lake on guitar Peter Frampton on guitar Jack Bruce on, on bass uh, John Lord of the Purple was on Hammond uh, Manfred Man on synthesizer Ian Anderson of Charita was uh, playing flute and singing and Bobby Kim just a Toto. few names just just a few uh, guys that may have had little careers just just a few and, uh, and Chris Thompson uh, was singing, and uh, and we made a big TV show, and and it was uh, called Fifty Years of Rock, and um, and, and and two very really remarkable uh, moment of the show. It was 
Um, of course, that, that we are in the Guinness Book of Record, this is wonderful, that, that the most seen rock show ever uh, on TV. But but the real story is behind the story that uh, that what I have mentioned at the, the beginning of, uh, of the, the show that um, Miha Gorbachev, I was inviting him and he said on stage, uh, Ian Anderson, Jatotal, I was just allowing a Jatotal album to prove that Glasnost and Perestroika, I really want to change. And because of prog rock was the soundtrack of, of freedom, uh, and, and I was just giving the chance uh, on a state-owned uh, Melodia record label to, to release this uh, album that the Russian uh, uh, people are, are, are having the chance to listen to this. But um, aside of this story, um, Greg Lake of Emerson Lake and Palmer and John Lord of The Purple, that they were just... Uh, uh, one of the rehearsal days, uh, they said at a dinner, hey, Leslie, you know, can we talk just at the end of the table, just three of us? Because I, I have something uh, on mind, Greg Lake said. And Greg Lake told me that that they originally wanted to do with Amazon Lake and Palmer Hungarian pictures of Bela Bartok and not uh, pictures of an exhibition, but they never got uh, the rights. And he said, you are a Hungarian guy, so you maybe have an idea. Let's do with the Manduki soulmates band together. Uh, this and, and I said, Oh, wow, what a great! Uh, I, I never thought that uh, Bartok, of course. And he said, Hey, Leslie, what is your connection to Bartok? I said, Of course, I mean, uh, Bartok is for me uh, a Hungarian national treasure uh, in, in, in many ways. So uh, then I was trying to get it right. Um, and we met in London, uh, and we sat down to the piano with John Lord and Greg Lake, and then we were made, making a lot of notes and we brought uh, st structure uh, but I couldn't get the rights either so uh, we had to wait until uh, 70 years was passing uh, after the death of Bela Bato but very unfortunately um, John Lord and Greg Lake passed away uh, both had cancer and, and uh, um, Greg Lake even had uh, his very last appearance on a big stage with us and so um but I kept the promise uh, that we are going to touch that uh, wonderful music. Um, and so um, we did it. And, and uh, Utopia for Realists is, a, is, a, is based uh, on this wonderful uh, music, what Bela Bartok was writing, uh, based on folks music, what he was uh, collecting and recording uh, on, on wire. So, um, so this is a, a very fascinating story, actually, how this album came across. And and um, I was invited uh, by the Grammy organization to, to play with our band uh, in the Beacon Theater in New York. Uh, uh, once in a while uh, is, is the Grammys in New York. And, and uh, it was uh, 2018 uh, in January and, and we played the Beacon and, and oh, it was so wonderful. And, you know, seven encores and, and we never been in America with the band. Um, and so... I thought, okay, now we have to do. We have to uh, get the chance to have an American release. It took a little while, and, um, and I wrote this album actually based on a three weeks of uh, uh, disputing with my children in Topanga in Los Angeles, uh, the the generational justice, and uh, and then then I, we were flying back uh, home to Germany and. Uh, and I, I just uh, had a million things to do in the studio when I was playing China. Uh, and uh, as I was on my way home, uh, so actually in China, in the backseat of my limousine to the airport of Beijing, 
my son was calling and said, Daddy, you know what? Uh, I have 16 workers in the studio. We're just refurbishing everything and we're changing the color of the walls. And I was firing four of your employees and I was hiring another four. <laughs> and uh, we're changing everything. So, and then my son, uh, it's a lovely idea, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm about 50 minutes to, to the airport and then a 12 hours of flight, I'm home and you will explain to me what <laughs> you have in mind. And we discussed it. I said, Daddy, you don't understand this. I said, nothing you discuss is already in, in the making. And by the way, you're not going to fly home and I said wait a minute I mean 15 minutes away from the airport I will I'll come home now right now right away so no 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 I rebooked your flight and I was uh, uh, having I've just arranged for you a beach house uh, in Bali in the island Bali Indonesia so uh, you will get into this beach house everything is already there and you will write that taboo about generational justice what we were talking about in Topanga Los Angeles for three weeks after your concert in New York and and you, you are going to write your best album. So that's what I had to do for my kids. Uh, uh, so they were sending me into, you know, just in a, uh, I was totally alone uh, in my loneliness on the beach. Uh, house. Well, if you're going to uh, be alone somewhere, Bali seems like a good place to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, so then I wrote it. And then I came back home. Um, uh, he was taking off my uh, uh my system, iPad, and uh, uh, my, my computer, my iPhone, all the emails. So I was just doing it uh, for the art, for the music, to writing it. And, so I came, and then I said, hey, son, I will fly home. I have everything done. Uh, so And then I called the soulmates, and we recorded some of what you are having on your head. And now it's our very first American release, some of the soulmates, um, Utopia for Realists. When did you discover that you had musical ability? And does it run in the family? Uh, my father was a musician, and uh, and uh, because my father was a musician, I was not really uh, planning to be a musician. Of course, uh, music was. I mean, I probably I was starting to walk around an instrument or whatever, uh, but um, it was much more. Uh, I had the idea uh, I'm going to be a painter, but I'm still painting at the album covers, uh, and then I I had had the idea that I'm going to be a poet and even I was winning a contest of young uh, poets but then my father was sitting down with me as I was really maybe 12 or 13 and he said you are so talented as a musician and this is a res- uh, to be talented is a responsibility and uh, and one day you have to feed the family so uh, you have to study one day something very serious uh, what you can uh, and, and it's going to be music uh, because literature and painting is, uh, is uh, you're not going to... There's a lot kids. of people that don't think that music is is a way to make a living for a family either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so when I mean, I'm telling this that everybody's having the similar reaction as you are having right now. They, uh, but my father said, okay, uh, a musicianship is something very substantial uh, needs a lot of focus and uh, as it's hard work as uh, and uh, indeed it's uh, eight days a week and uh, um so uh, it's, it's not an easy life but it's a beautiful life um there's also when the the common thread that i i hear when i talk to musicians is that if you're a parent and your kids decide they want to play music drums is the one instrument that no parent wants to hear because of the amount of noise they're going to have to deal with growing up. When did you discover that not only that you had musical ability, but drumming is a whole other animal? 
You're perfectly right, but this, uh, it is very silly. But you know, when in the uh, and, and as I started to study music uh, uh, in the conservatory, and I was 14, and we had to in the school and the conservatory, we had to create bands. You know, which is just for you know, uh, it was a school normality. You know that you had to have a band, and no one wanted to play the drums because everybody wanted to. Uh, 14, you know, boys, I mean, to chase the girls, so being front man and having the guitar in your hand and be a singer and or at least a keyboard player. It's uh, less stuff uh, to carry too. <laughs> Drumming, there's so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's the next thing. And and so so I, I was so kind of self-confident guy. And I said, okay, uh, I take the drums. It's okay. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave up to that handicap that I'm not, not the front guy. Um, and, and so, so uh, but then I realized that I, I made a huge mistake because uh, <laughs> I had to carry the most of the stuff. Yeah, away. exactly. The <laughs> singer gets it easy. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 and the guitar player or the or sax player it just packed his instrument and uh, and and gone and uh, had an hour to um, uh, to pack and and of course um, with fifteen uh, I realized all the girls are gone uh, <laughs> when I was packing I was just finishing to pack my drums so but but uh, looking back now uh, so many great band leaders uh, Danny Seraphine. Um, and uh, Bobby uh, of Chicago, Bobby Columbia of uh, Bloodshed and Tears, uh, or Phil Collins of Genesis. So a lot of leaders uh, were great drummers. So so I'm okay with it. So yeah. I, I I love it as it is. Um, they say that musical ability activates the same part of the brain as language and mathematics. Do you agree with that? And are you proficient at those things because you're a proficient musician? Uh, look, uh, I never learned German or English because the communists had the idea to to uh, have a so install a second wave of Iron Curtain. So, so they had the idea that uh, behind the Iron Curtain, from North Korea to Cuba, uh, our mutual common language is, is uh, Russian. So uh, the only foreign language, but you, even in academy, uh, you were learning that was Russian. So, uh, of course. I picked up English or German then on the street, uh, and uh, so this is this is one, one thing. But mathematics, yes, in the wish, absolutely. Because um, for your listeners, a, a very simple example: if you write a, a word, uh, and you may one letter you cannot read correctly because the handwriting is kind of messy. The, but the rest of the uh, letters of the word are just actually giving a sense and then you you're guessing it automatically right um, so um, but if you are writing music um, if this really little point what you're making with your pencil is just about a half a millimeter uh, in a wrong direction then about 50, 70 people can play simply wrong note <laughs> uh, so that that requires a, a total different uh, kind of precision and in, in, in your brain uh, to, to how to think and and uh, I mean uh, look at my mi- uh, mixing console you know this is uh, 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 you need to know what's going on here so, uh, so yeah you got is, a lot uh, of stuff back there absolutely so so and I'm enjoying to have it so uh, so this uh, this is uh, um, so so yes of course um, it, it needs this precise focused uh, uh, mindset absolutely. 
I'm fortunate to call Mike Mangini from Dream Theater a friend, and he came on the show, and we really kind of analyzed. I wanted to talk to him about what goes through his brain when he's playing really complex rhythms behind the drum kit. And he explained to me the counting that he does to be able to keep track of off time, you know, the time signatures. What kind of stream of consciousness goes through your head when you're playing the music that you play behind a drum set? Because it's fascinating to me because I don't have that ability. I can't do it. So what is actually going on in your head while you're playing? Um, I'm because I'm writing the whole stuff and I'm producing it. Um, I have actually the whole score is running in my brain. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not really counting because uh, I got used to it that, that uh, mm, also on stage, I have to conduct. So I have to um, do everything. So sing, play uh, uh, and conduct the whole thing. And, and uh, actually uh, it's very rare that I'm I'm, I'm counting this uh, strange time signatures. Um, Bill Abatok was giving us a couple of challenging moments, but but um, uh, I, I learned it pretty much by heart. Um, once, uh, as uh, Angela Merkel, the the German Chancellor, she's just going out of uh, um, office tomorrow, uh, and when she was sixty, about uh, seven years ago. She was calling me up and, and she was asking, she's coming from Eastern Germany. So, so she was asking uh, that he would love to have a little acoustic uh, Madhuki Soulmates concert to her 60th birthday. And so Rack Lake of Amazon Lake and Palmer and Ian Anderson, so we all, and then John Hannibal of Supertramp, so we made for her uh, a, a Soulmates uh, acoustic concert. And, and she came at the afternoon to the sound check. And, and she was asking, and she's a big fan of, of uh, Wagner, uh, Richard Wagner. And, and, and she said, how come that um, actually the superstar violin player, David Garrett, who was a soloist, and myself, we don't have a written sheet music at the front of us. Uh, and, um, and then uh, and David Garrett was asking, uh, answering in a way that, uh, yeah, uh, Mrs. Merkel, uh, the point is that uh, as we wrote the music, we just, re- uh, uh, we, we just knowing it by heart. Uh, because while you're writing it down, uh, you just learn it. Um, and, uh, and this is like, uh, most of the times when I have to speak on TV or radio and I have to learn a certain texture, you know, that I have to say something, then I, then most of the time I always uh, read it once and I'm, I'm and then I'm, uh, so, so um, I'm, somehow I, I'm so blessed that uh, when, when I have the, uh, uh, the crazy time signature, when I, when I, my brain was really focusing it, this is the way how it is. Uh, this I write it down and this is three, four and a five, four and then a, uh, uh, 11 eighth or whatever. So crazy uh, things. And, and down, 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 down. then I, I actually know it by heart. And uh, what, what I really uh, like to have as a, as a support, as, uh, it's not the time signatures, the crazy side, uh, because that, that, that goes in my brain like like a, a written sheet. Uh, uh, so, but because of that, and sometimes I have to sing at the same time, but most of the times, then uh, and the lyrics I wrote, and then I have a sometimes a, a little problem, uh, and, and I love to have a auto cue uh, sometimes because um, the different generation of my lyrics 
I could come on, uh, in my mind uh, on the wrong times because, of course, I always so I have the first generation and the second generation, and you know that make it a little here, tweak it here, tweak it there, change it a little bit there. Oh, it's a better rhyming thing, you know. So this is growing, um, like as, as the production is growing, and then, oh, that, then, that, then when I'm playing and singing and ten thousand people in front of mine, uh, then sometimes it's challenging that that uh, that not the last generation. Of lyrics, but everybody else would sing it. So, uh, even of course, the audience too. So, sometimes it's good to have an autocue uh, uh, that I really have the last generation in <laughs> front of me. You're uh, you're taking up a lot of room in your brain with all these lyrics and all this music. Please tell me that you forget things like where you put your car keys or something. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I, I love, uh, so 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 I have a tricky little helping. Uh, 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 so that, that I learned at home and also in the studio to put it always in the same place <laughs> uh, because otherwise I just would never ever ever find and and because uh, thank you for saying this I'm, I'm I can fail really pretty uh, so so I, and I'm of course I'm a traveling musician so in, in I give you I, you want to have a real laughter so I'm in America until day before yesterday so and um, I know that Thanksgiving is uh, you know I, of course. Uh, is the big thing, but but ne- never thought that. Uh, uh, of course, uh, last year because of the pandemic, because of COVID, was no one uh, moving at the. Uh, yeah, no one was traveling. Everyone stayed home. Yeah, absolutely. So this time, everybody's going to. Um, so stupid me. Uh, so one day before Thanksgiving, I left in the morning, uh, Los Angeles, uh, to drive down uh, to San Diego to see, see my cousin. Uh, you know what? It took nine hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, it's the busiest travel day of the entire year is the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, you know what? Almost. The, on the very busiest is for Sunday. Uh, <laughs> and then I was I was traveling. Uh, I was driving from Key West back to Miami. So uh, so I was uh, so and I said, hey, Mandoki, you are such a stupid European. Uh, uh, how can you do that? Uh, uh, you know, and, but, but it, to, to create a real laughter. So uh, so I, I, I want to see my cousin in San Diego. So that's why I was driving down instead of three hours. It was nine hours. So I, I couldn't really visit his home, his house. So uh, I said, look, I mean, let's meet them in the airport. At least we have about three hours uh, uh, to chat. And so it was wonderful. He was coming there and, 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 um, and then we had a, a wonderful time together. So I'm getting into a typical red light, uh, red eye flight uh, from San Diego to New York City, uh, touching down in, in GFK in the morning uh, of Thanksgiving. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, even, uh, you know, my record company asked me, do you want to have a limo? Ah, come on, Thanksgiving, I'm a uh, limo driver should be with the family. I get a taxi and everything is fine. So the taxi driver throws me out uh, because everything is blocked down in New York. And I was uh, uh, staying in the Parkland Hotel, which is in a, uh, Central Park South. So about six blocks in the morning, 5.30, with three suitcases. Oh, the Thanksgiving <laughs> but, Day parade shuts half of uh, New York yeah, down. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, 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 and not even the, the streets could be crossed, you know, at, at, at the corner, to the corner, because of everything was in that. Yep. So, uh, so uh, 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 a young um, a lady, as a police uh, lady, was coming up to me and said, I'm so sorry for you. No one was telling you this. <laughs> you <know? laughs> 
and, and it was so, you know, and of course I came, you know, uh, out of Key West, Miami uh, weather. Uh, I had just a pullover on and it, it was freezing in, in, in New York. So so I was laughing about myself a lot. Uh, 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 so I was like, hey, Maduki, you feel, you always tell that you are actually by heart American and you know everything in and out about America. And you know how uh, important Thanksgiving is that you know that the Americans are traveling on these days. But what are you doing? You're traveling a day before from yeah. LA to San Diego and uh, then uh, from San Diego to New York in the night flight. Uh, crazy so um, and on a uh, and you know how key west miami uh, took a seven hours oh uh, yeah on that Sunday. <laughs> that, that was a uh, thanks god but it's a beautiful drive so uh, uh, key west so. i love that drive on the, over the bridges and all that yeah. like i love in a convertible that's amazing it was it was a convertible yes. so, uh, so it's amazing so i said okay fine uh and i was listening to american radio which is always a bit uh, different uh for us europeans so I was enjoying um, a lot. Uh, so I was just enjoying sun and, uh, uh, but but, but was, uh, so I couldn't drive fast I, uh, anyway. So it was beautiful to to come back on that way to, uh, from Key West. You've but worked with next, next time I will know. Yeah, next <laughs> next Thanksgiving, maybe not try to fly. Yeah, <laughs> you've worked yeah, with but... and you continue to work with so many amazing musicians and songwriters. And whenever I get the opportunity to talk to a songwriter, I always ask them this question, and I'm curious what your answer would be. As a songwriter yourself, can you give me an example of a song or a couple of songs that you think are perfect examples of of songwriting, amazing songwriting to the point where you covet those songs and wish you wrote them yourself? But tell me why it is that the songs are so good from a songwriting perspective, not just because you like the song, but but why it is that you think they're crafted so well. I'm very thankful to the question. But uh, before I answer this, I, I would like to uh, say to you something shocking uh, and to your listeners. I, um, as a songwriter, I do believe that we are not writing the songs. Uh, we just have the ability or a capacity to write it down, but actually life is writing the songs. Uh, I, I try to give you an example. Um, a couple of years ago, I was uh, working in the a, in a Quetch Studios in uh, Times Square in New York. Um, it was a, a week and uh, uh, Saturday late night was the last session. And Sunday was just sort of, sort of the cleanup back in the day, you know, the checking the labeling of uh, the tape uh, was at the time, so as we had tapes, and I, anyway, I loved to, to have analog tape recordings. And so, they sound better. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Hey, hey, thank you for saying me. I, as so much is always recorded analog, uh, by the way, and for two reasons. Number one, uh, because it sounds much, much better. Uh, uh, you tape compression is hey, this is wonderful. I mean, this is this is the only compression is really good. <laughs> it's the tape compression. That's number one. Number two, um, then the art of recording and not the art of post production. So um, at the annual recording, you do everything right during the recording. Uh, so uh, and the art is happening. The magic is happening uh, during the recording. Um, so uh, 
Sunday morning, you know, I'm going to, to the studio around town, packing all this, this stuff, and and the and late night, Sunday night, uh, is the Lufthansa flight back from New, uh, JFK to, to Munich, to home. So I had a little time, and uh, it was about this late September day, uh, uh, and it was uh, actually the last Sunday before NYU started, you know, the, the semester. So and That's it like was, the uh, perfect time of year to be in New York. The perfect absolutely. weather. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I drove out uh, to, to the Hampstead, uh, to Hampstead and, and I was sitting by the water and on, on the, and the coffee place, you know, we're just on the water, actually. And um, it was wonderful. And then the sun was going down. So it was a bit sunset. And, uh, and you know, we started to get a little chilly. I was not, but just a little. Uh, and uh, so the people just left slowly. Um, and only one elderly gentleman was was sitting and, and was writing something uh, in in the, he had the files and was writing right. And I had the imagination he's a poet. Uh, I don't know why. It's just I was just I thought he's he must be a poet. Coffee and shop. He's writing. Yeah, he's probably a poet. Yeah, probably a poet. And and, and uh, all of a sudden, because it was a bit chilly and the sun was really almost uh, just gone. Uh, that only two of us. Uh, we had about three or four tables uh, distance to each other, but uh, only two of us uh, uh, remain in a restaurant. And the lady who was uh, serving us, uh, she, you could really feel that she's not a waitress uh, by profession. Uh, that she was again, she was giving us the uh, feeling that she's a student. And next day she will be back in New York and you know start uh, to study. And uh, she was a beautiful uh, uh, lady and, and maybe 22 or something. And this guy must have been about the uh, end of his 60s. And, and he was charmingly looking to this uh, lady as, as she was asking for the last coffee and, uh, and, 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 and kept on writing in his uh, files. And, uh, and the song came to me, the last day of summer, sitting here. And, you know, it was so much his last day of summer uh, so, uh, because it was it was just uh, in a lovely way as he was looking at her uh, um, and, 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 and that he was just a generational gap was obvious uh, and, and it was just a, just a lovely moment of life as, as the son was uh, 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 just saying uh, goodbye to us and, and, and said okay this is the last day of summer and the entire song was born there and uh, and uh, when you say I'm the composer and I'm the lyricist of the song, in some way, somehow it's wrong because uh, this scenery was giving me this song. I just wrote it down. I, I just, you know, created the, the melody. Uh, what came to me, uh, I was singing it. Uh, so, but, but actually the life was giving us, us to me. And uh, it leads back actually to when we were mentioning Key West to Ernest Hemingway. That he said that he's not a writer. He's just writing it down what he, uh, in the way he, he lives. And um, so about perfect songs. I mean, uh, I, I can, there, there, is a, there are a lot, uh, there are a lot. And especially about uh, the greatest songwriters around. Um, uh, may, I, may I mention a couple of them? Uh, uh, Sting. Say for instance, uh, I could uh, point out about twenty songs, uh, but uh, but maybe uh, the Russians love their children too. Uh, mm. You know, it's a beautiful song. Is, uh, ah, wow! I mean, uh, this is uh, 
this is where and and uh, he was telling this this story behind the song that that he was in New York and he uh, had a Saturday night uh, a long dinner and a beer with a British friend of him. He was uh, working at NYU actually, and then the, then they they were going in the night uh, four o'clock in the morning. Um, the university and and uh, and because um, uh, and they checked uh, Russian TV and uh, they they were watching Russian cartoons because it was Sunday morning obviously in in Russia and and uh, they couldn't understand the word but they they saw how lovely this uh, with how much love these cartoons are made and and so he wrote it you know uh, Russia loved the children too and and it's a lot of uh, uh, like uh, my dear friend Phil Collins who I uh, had the uh, fortune to work with in the studio along or uh, have uh, face value actually every neat song uh, in the air tonight is also one of those songs uh, where you say okay uh, especially if he's telling you this story behind the story uh, and you know the pain and the love and um, and Elton John hey come on I mean uh, uh, your song is just take that one of these classics you know um, and uh, again you could take 20 of the Beatles classics uh, uh, you know which is one of the other Penny Lane, uh, just what to say, wow. When you were talking about being a kid and growing up in the music you listened to, so many musicians, when I talk to them, talk about the exposure to the Beatles and how it changed them, but you didn't get that Beatles on Ed Sullivan kind of moment the way that a lot of Western, like a lot of American musicians were inspired by the Beatles. Did you know who they were growing up, or did did the Beatles make it over the Iron Curtain? Uh, again, thank you so much for asking me. Uh, I had a, a very special relationship and not a good relationship to that. So, so I discovered Beatles much later. So, um, because my father was taking me on a on a track as I was a kid, uh, uh, as I mentioned before, John Coltrane, Charlie Parker, Miles yeah. Davis. So I was an American jazz guy, and then later on Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea. So. But um, as I was a really kid, I, mean, I was really I'm maybe eight or seven or eight years old. Then um, Voice of America uh, or, um, was uh, actually airing uh, on, on the, the Voice of America and uh, Radio Free Europe um, were a kind of twin radio stations uh, airing uh, their programs from, from Munich uh, for the countries behind the Iron Curtain. So we were listening to, of course, the Russians were destroyed, uh, distorting this, 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 this uh, waves uh, that we are not, you know, uh, can really enjoy it. But but we were trying to tune on that. Yeah. And, um, and you know, in a way that when someone was the, uh, ringing the robot, but you were just changing stations and, yeah. and so, so this, and uh, the, my first uh, um, touchdown with the Beatles was very kind of tragical. Because uh, probably I was eight years old as, as uh, the BBC uh, concert uh, recording or live, uh, probably was live um, uh, airing uh, of a Beatles concert in the Wembley Stadium. And uh, my father told me, look, um, uh, when we are listening now to this uh, via uh, Voice of America, uh, but the next day you go to the school and uh, maybe eventually the teacher is asking, how was the Beatles concert? And you're never going to tell that you were listening to that. And so I went to school as every day, of course. And and uh, f- first thing in the morning, the teacher was asking, hey, how was the Beatles concert? 
And those four kids uh, who raised their hand, I was great. Then their parents got caught by the police and arrested. So, um, so he, for my first experience with the Beatles was uh, a police related, um, you know, and, uh, and so, uh, so I was not getting that for a, for a good while. And, and actually I was, deep into prog rock and uh, from Chetota, King Crimson, yeah. Frank Zappa and everything. And then much later as, a, as, a, as, a, as actually a, a young uh, musician who was playing myself and, and started to write a song, then I, I got a, a Debbie Road album uh, 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 for an hour so I could when a two million city like Budapest has one uh, and you know you get it for one hour to copy it on tape you know this is, and, uh, and I said wow what a sensational production I must admit from today's point of view well, I mean uh, it's incredible yeah. what these four guys were creating and the so, amount but- of the amount of music they created in, in a relatively short amount of time yeah, a I mean, decade and, and, together, and that's it. That's it, and this is untouchably uh, culture of mankind. It's absolutely uh, unbelievable, and also the uh, how, but the genius combination of these four, man, yeah. just uh, yeah. and what the tragic, tragical loss actually that uh, George is not with us and John is not with us anymore. So, because this, this, this. Uh, these these uh, wonderful musicians together were wonderful. So, so I'm 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 very grateful that uh, I had the ch- chance then to discover uh, as a as a grown up musician to uh, these wonderful musicians. Hey, great, absolutely. I'm so grateful for your time. I knew talking to you was going to be fascinating, but your life story and getting to the point where you put the soulmates together and that you're releasing this album worldwide or you released it worldwide and you're getting to share this music with generations of people around the world at a time where I think they really need to hear it. It's, it's remarkable. Thank you so much. Um, actually, um, it's a dream comes true because, uh, um, I, for some reason I, 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 was staying in Germany. I'm not, not really. I always wanted to go to America, and uh, but um, somehow I became the big fish in a small lake. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then and then my kids were born, and somehow I, I, I was staying here. But uh, my uh, most important dream or vision of my life to go to America is our very first uh, uh, worldwide uh, so American release on, on the Inside Out label of Sony, and. Uh, Utopia for realists is, 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 has a lot to tell to the people um, about generational justice and about, um, about the, somehow as a self-critical album in a way that, uh, that, um, that my generation obviously can be very proud to, uh, to roll down the Iron Curtain. But from then on, uh, we made a couple of mistakes and, and uh, I'm very self-critical about it. Uh, and um, that's that's I had to write this album, and um, I'm feel myself extraordinarily privileged that all uh, the soulmates uh, coming together since 30 years now uh, here in my studio, and then then we create uh, again new fresh music, and um, just to give you a little uh, very very up 
dated. Uh, um, I mean, two of our members, uh, Randy Brecker, so founding members two years ago, mm-hmm. and our youngest, Corey Henry, uh, they just got both two nomi- uh, Grammy nominations, I guess. So, so, so this is. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel myself very honored that uh, all they follow this this uh, path. What I'm I'm laying down with the music I'm writing, and uh, and then of course I'm I'm very happy that I'll be very able to play a big, a huge show, show and be the best for thirty thousand people. And, um, and now in August, and uh, and now um, hopefully that uh, touring can go on. And in Germany, we are just having a next shutdown in the fourth wave of the pandemic. And um, as I was just coming back from the United States, where everything feels a bit freer uh, now. Depending on like, where you go, yeah. I mean it. It changes yeah. all the time depending on where you're going, and but it's nice to be able to go and see live music. Especially as a yeah, rock yeah. community, that's where we go and gather. Is is at a show, and not being able to do that is terrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, as as you also were using the same term that I'm using, music is the greatest unifier, and yeah. to get together and uh, and feel the sweat uh, of each other's uh, how much we love it uh, to create the music and to enjoy the music, uh, and and this gathering and and and. This mutual values, this this what what is a this is a glue, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and and this is uh, this is so wonderful uh, to hang out together and share, yeah. Uh, and this is um, I mean, obviously everybody was missing this during the COVID times, so and this is great to be back and, and enjoy live music again because this is what it is. Uh, it's, uh, I love to work in the studio, and uh, um, but. Um, but then you have to get out yeah. uh, and and, and uh, be there on stage for your audience. Absolutely. So well, congratulations a- on the release of Utopia for Realists. It's it's the culmination of a, a life's dream and a, a life's work to be able to finally get this out. So it's got to feel pretty good. Oh, this uh, uh, feels great. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I was like a, a child and uh, one here has a, actually the Christmas and... Um, and the birthday at the same time as a as an American Amazon, you I could see my record. I was like, okay, wonderful. Uh, we'd like to have this uh, media book combination or or just the CD or the vinyl version. I said, wow, I, that's what I was always dreaming of. An American Amazon, you can. Uh, so I'm, I'm, obviously I'm very happy because uh, uh, actually this music is somehow so much inspired by America and so much made for America. So. Uh, so I'm, 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 I feel myself really as a happy boy uh, that uh, uh, that gives me the chance to talk to you and to your audience and and uh, and really a little bit to, to allow me in, into the life of your audience and and then they they coming into my life in a way that that they are kind of listening to the music or, uh, which which was written by life. Uh, it's actually I'm 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 just a lucky, uh, privileged uh, musician who is who is allowed is allowed uh, to be the writer, um, but uh, actually this is your life, uh, who is out there now is listening to us, uh, and and, uh, and and that's why it's so important that we uh, just reset our um, vision about how can we be really. Uh, 
um, pass away one day the torch uh, for for this world to our children, and uh, and how we can gap uh, bridge this gap um, and and bridge this division, and uh, so we are rock community. We are sort of a, a, a kind of. Uh, because of our diversity, we are kind of homogeneous uh, uh, gang. Because we, uh, I think, uh, our mutual, maybe most important mutual values that we love freedom. Uh, we don't take it for granted. Uh, we just enjoy it and and really and and we this faith and the, the trust uh, in each other's uh, uh, because this rock community gives us this confidence uh, of that that uh, we're never gonna lose freedom. But but watch out out there. It's not for granted. That's right. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it feels good when we're together and we get a ring. You know, we are on stage, or, and you are uh, and and you're propelling our creativity and 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 your performance. And uh, I was missing during the COVID time this this heartbeat, uh, the breath of the audience, what is coming. You know, this is just, this is so important to feel this. Um, but we, uh, but we are doing this for you, and uh, and we are not doing this uh, for any other reason. It's not about ego. It's not about money. It's not about anything else than than to do to be with you guys uh, and uh, and uh, to have this this uh, experience together uh, and growing together and uh, melting together the audience and, and us musicians and and. Uh, so I always say that uh, what a privilege that when, when a couple is deciding, say for instance, hey, so someone is coming home, say, oh, well, I'll take you out to the to the soulmates concert, and 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 what a what a faith uh, uh, that you will have a great night with us, and uh, I always say it's a privilege for us, and and uh, we have to live up to this this uh, trust. Uh, what we are that that our audience is allowing us to get into life with our sons. Um, so this is this is somehow as a as a mutual creation. Uh, that's how I feel. I never um, had the feeling that uh, uh, audience and us we are in, in two different that we should go into a two different entrance to our venue. So uh, and and you personally as a journalist as a radio journalist you are just a bridge. Uh, that we walk over to each other, the audience to us, and we to our audience, and so we are. You're our natural ally uh, because your ability uh, to transfer our visions and dreams and and uh, wishes and and fears and uh, struggles and uh, and 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 uh, moment where we have the feeling that we lost. Uh, uh, to our audience and backwards, vice versa, or from from our audience that that they they feel that they have a home in our heart. Uh, so this is really important. That's that's why your role as a journalist uh, is so elementary, and uh, that's why I have, I have so much critical uh, aspects of social media because uh, then I'm missing the. Uh, uh, missing link is the journalist. Um, well, I look at myself like a translator. Whatever it is that I'm that I'm talking about, it's it's my job to ask the questions that that the fan thinks but doesn't get the opportunity to ask, and and to be able to uncover something that maybe someone hadn't thought of before. But it's a privilege for me too, because I get the opportunity to speak to these amazing people with these unbelievable stories, like yourself. 
how else would I have ever ended up in a conversation about communism <laughs> with someone that actually lived it and turned that experience into a life's work of amazing music? I mean, you're a fascinating guy. Uh, thank you so much for saying this. Thank you. Uh, uh, but yes, you are a translator. This is, this is the best way to put it. And, and, and I'm very, very, very thankful uh, to translating uh, our life and our visions and uh, our utopia for realists uh, uh, for your audience. Uh, this is uh, without you. And, um, and that's why uh, once I was uh, invited uh, uh, by the leading cultural Angela Merkel to talk about the future of the music industry. And I said, uh, before we get to talk about the music industry, let's talk about journalism, uh, that how much we have to protect that, uh, you know, because uh, the uh, change of paradigms, um, paradigm uh, and the digitalization of, of media uh, and, you know, that, that, uh, uh, you know, it used to be sort of five thousand uh, radio stations in America, and in the meantime, it's, it's a huge concentration of radio stations. So, um, so the, these are we are not changing to a better. Uh, so, and, and and social media is very often social pornography. Um, and uh, uh, that's so, why technology uh, yeah. evolving into podcasting, where people don't necessarily need to go through one of those massive corporations to be able to put out what they want. I, I look at that kind of technology as protecting the exact thing you're talking about, protecting that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But this also has a a, a financial aspect uh, that uh, that I I think that we have to protect smaller radio stations. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm always telling to younger uh, musicians uh, the story of how Chococas, you are so beautiful, was <laughs> discovered. Uh, this was because uh, uh, one, uh, the British radio station was throwing out to trash, actually, to, to waste uh, vinyl singles. And it was an old vinyl single, B-side, uh, seven years old. It just should be thrown out. And and the and the radio personality was just hey, but I never heard that B side, and he was just uh, taking his radio show he never heard before, so he was putting on air uh, because it was the the chance to listen to, and I said God let's listen one more time it's a sensational song. And so it became the uh, greatest hit of Joe Cocker. Uh, you are so it's iconic to me, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, and that's. That should happen again, you know. So yeah. we should give a chance to things like this, you know, that not only algorithm uh, is deciding about what we are listening to, and right. what right. we are reading, you know. That this, this, uh, this, we we have to be careful that uh, that we just, uh, you know, the, the, the internet is a wonderful tool when it comes down to search for something, uh, but it's a record shop. Or a magazine is wonderful to find something that you were not looking for. Well, how do you know uh, to look for it if you don't know it exists in the first place? Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so, so um, that's why sometimes it's wonderful to enjoy stuff what is not suggested by algorithm. Uh, you know, just just by a radio personality like you are. You know, so so you discover me or Utopia for realists. You know, and you tra translate uh, to your people. This this is actually the way. Uh, 
uh, like analog recording. So this is the the human uh, transferring visions and dreams. We're going old school, Leslie. We're old school. I love it. <laughs> yeah, 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 we are. Um, so uh, we are. You are young. You are a kid. Uh, and uh, uh, I love and, that um, you keep telling me how young I am. It's very charming. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm Hungarian, you know. We have. This, uh, uh, if if I would not do it, I would not. You know, this is this is we we have this this way. Uh, uh, you know, because in Hungary, um, uh, Lee, uh, women were always equal. So this is a, a kind of a, a very sort of a, a different history of uh, being as a girl in a, in the school years already totally equal. Uh, and so you, they have this total uh, uh, same leverage in every sense of in a society. I only uh, know and, two Hungarian musicians, you and Zoltan Bathory from Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> and he's also incredibly charming. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and because uh, in Hungary, always a little more uh, women studied more in our studies than, than guys. And but this is uh, is actually self-explaining. Uh, and uh, back to that, make it a little fun uh, for you as a lady. Um, uh, as I was in this refugee camp, and the guy from Ohio, um, then he was filing that I would like to play with Ian Anson or Chetrotal and Jack uh, Boots of Cream and Ali Mola. And then he was closing the file, and he said, "You know, by the way, you came to paradise." So why? Yeah, because uh, you know, uh, here in in Germany. Uh, you, I mean, just the, the the ladies and the girls are so wonderful. I said, but of course, and then are wonderful boys as well. I said, yeah, well, but you know, Sundays are the flower shops closed. So what? Uh, I couldn't imagine. Uh, well, how can you close the, the flower shops on Sunday? So uh, you cannot visit anyone if you have the flower shops. And he said, you know what? It's an un- unbelievable, but. Uh, but they shared the the in the restaurant the check. I said no, it's not possible. I mean, uh, the check goes to a man. I mean, it's, it's just uh, <laughs> uh, 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 so so. Uh, it was really funny to to relearn uh, that because we Hungarians grew up with the with the with the understanding that women are total liberal. I mean, self explaining the uh, you know total equal. So this has never been. But any, you were still any, very uh, chivalrous, but not in yes. an impressive way. Yeah. Yeah, yes, but but you always extraordinarily uh, polite to, to to ladies, and you always open the door and and you uh, pick them up and bring home and and you know uh, politely uh, and you come up with a flower and then you never have a mind that the lady can uh, pay a check, uh, you know, in the restaurant. <laughs> so, uh, so this is uh, uh, I mean the waiter wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I would say I forgot your uh, uh, you know. Uh, your credit card or something. So anyway, so uh, it, it it was uh, it's it a, it a different culture regarding this. And and uh, in in the morning when uh, uh, in a Hungarian office, you know the the guys are coming in and, and if they're not saying something charming to the colleagues, then it, then it's some this is actually not polite. <laughs> uh, it, it, it actually it, you should say so. Oh, great, great to see you today. I mean, it's, it's really oh, it's just uh, you look great today. So uh, uh, it it's it, it's it's it belongs to a, like the coffee the the start of the day uh, and uh, to be charming and to be polite and and to to open the door and and, and you know to bring the coffee also to the ladies and and you know, so this this uh, this uh, this is a uh, and I had to re- relearn uh, that in the rest 
Western Hemisphere is not uh, is a bit a little different. Uh, well, uh, when you get Mandoki Soulmates out on tour and you come back to America and you're actually able to play live shows, I will come to the show because I'm dying to see you play the music live. I'll let you buy the drinks. Of course, <laughs> first of all, you are you are absolutely uh, more more than invited, and we would happy to see you backstage, um, and and you will see that 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 actually. Um, also, the British part of the band, like Ian Anderson, uh, that always extremely polite yeah. uh, uh, to ladies. So we, we have a, a kind of the school. Uh, and growing up in growing up in New England in America, um, yeah. there's a certain thing about that British accent too that we still kind of like. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where, where about were you growing up in New England? Boston, just outside of Boston. Uh, Okay, well, by the wonderful city. Actually, the most European city in America. Yeah, very, uh, very old school, very traditional and puritanical yeah. in a lot of ways, but then also very liberal and progressive at the same yeah. time. It's a very, Absolutely. it's a very strange combination, but I, I love it. So I love it too. So Boston is a, is a great place. Uh, I love New England, but, but uh, uh, actually, uh, in many, many ways, and uh, also for. End of September, travel New England. So this is oh, uh, Indian summer. It's just it's beautiful. Absolutely, uh, October absolutely. is the best. October yeah, yeah. is the best. The foliage, the, Halloween, all of that. It's New England it's, is perfect for that. Absolutely. You just got to get through January and February to deal with the rest of it because that's when it gets ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then then go to Key West. So uh, I love it. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, places in the world. So. Absolutely. Get in the convertible uh, and drive down from Miami. It's a it's a perfect day. Absolutely. This is this uh, and and not too fast. Uh, uh, and enjoy this view. And uh, I, by the way, I don't call it that bridge. Uh, of course, there are bridges, but 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 I have this childish imagination that uh, you drive on the water in a way. So so uh, a seven so, mile so bridge is a long bridge. Like yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, you start thinking about what if something goes wrong because you're really yeah, yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this, yeah uh, this, this is uh, okay. Uh, wonderful. I'm sitting in a convertible, but you better check it before you. <laughs> yeah, don't run out of gas out there. Don't be that oh, no, guy. No, no, no. Uh, uh, in two places in America, I would like would not like to run out of gas. This is one, and the other is Dead Valley. Uh, yeah. Then I uh, would like to run out of gas. <laughs> when I was of course driving through, and I said, "Okay, I had everything. I, I checked my gas. So everything is so it's okay." Yeah. Uh, this is the other place where I would not like to run out of gas. Well, uh, it was a pleasure. Oh, go ahead. New York City. Uh, New York City is okay because then, then, it, then, then it's you fine. just get a cab. Yeah, yeah. No Unless way. it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh well, but uh, we had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving celebration in the house of Aldi Meola uh, all together, and who uh, and the turkey was big. Yeah, and uh, so so I had actually uh, I, I had I think I, I gained something. Uh, I have I have to work out now uh, because yeah, the, Thanksgiving the is good for that. Day. There's no diet food on Thanksgiving. No, 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 no. Uh, and and uh, and a lot of leftovers. Yes, too. that's the best part. If you're the host, you get the leftovers. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, so it was a great, very joyful. And we were, you know what we did? I mean, we went down to the basement later on and we were listening to our new album, Utopia for Real is All Together. Uh, and we made fun. Oh, here, that's my solo. And this and this. <laughs> so just, uh, uh, were, we were just, uh, but I, I did the same with uh, with uh, Corey Henry Los Angeles, done with Richard Bona, done in Miami. So, so we had uh, a lot of fun now as I was on the road in, in America right now. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, hopefully, in 2022, we'll get the band touring the U.S. and then I'll actually be able to get to meet you in person. But it was a pleasure to spend some time with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you so much that you're translating uh, uh, music. Uh, thank you uh, so much to be uh, such a lovely translator who, who understands our soul, um, how we are, because we are kind of strange kind of people. I mean, yeah. musicians are kind of... Uh, um, That's what makes uh, us cool, though, is that we're weird. Yeah, yeah, we're weird, we're yeah. very sensitive, you know, yep. outgoing, but sensitive, so the fragile hearts, and, you know, so thank you uh, so much for having me, and to all to your listeners, um, I wish you wonderful holiday times, uh, and stay healthy out there. You too. Um, and uh, because this is, this is challenging times I'm, I'm coming across, and and um, all, the, all the very best, and we see you definitely 2022 uh, out on the road in America and uh, and um, I loved it to see you and don't worry you'll never have a chance to buy yourself a drink <laughs> I look forward to those drinks Leslie thank you <laughs> alright thank you so much see you thank later you. Bye. bye see you bye bye there he is the one and only Leslie Mandoki and I'm telling you He's an amazing and fascinating guy, and I cannot wait to meet him in person and have that drink. If you look in the show notes of this episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, you'll find all the links to find Leslie online, to find the Manduki Soulmates online, get more details on Utopia for Realists, and you can check out the corresponding playlist. I make a playlist for every full-length episode of the podcast, and it's filled with the music and the artists that we talked about in this interview. You'll also find all of my links as well. And if you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit subscribe and follow the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday. Plus, every weekday, you get the sit rep. The Situation Report is all of your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes. Special thanks to our sponsor, Digital Federal Credit Union. You can find them online at dcu.org. And you can join me live every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern for my show, Cocktails in the War Room, on my Facebook page. The Mistress Carrie Podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network.